Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, April 18th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. As always on Thursdays, joined by the lovely and talented Steve Wolfong. Steve, the weather is fine, tad overcast, and we'll take the warmth. How goes it in the city of Indianapolis? Good morning, Daniel. Rain coming your way. It rained here this morning, so we're sending it down 70 towards Dayton and Columbus, but 62 degrees, I'm not complaining. Winter has passed. In most places, I was in Cleveland last weekend, and the last four times I've been to Cleveland, regardless of the date when I'm leaving, it's snowing. It was at one point in time on Sunday last week, like 67 degrees, and if you look at your little app, the Monday had a snowflake on it. But today we're going to talk about the latest on the recruiting scene. Who else to do that with than the director of recruiting for 24-7 sports? The spring game was this past weekend, so we're going to wrap things up on there. But we would be remiss if we did not tell you. If you are not subscribing to the podcast via your app, you're doing it wrong. Just go to your app, search on Bucknuts Morning 5, hit subscribe. But that is not the only podcast you can subscribe to. Steve does a podcast on the entire Big Ten. He had a very important guest on there recently. Real quick, Steve, tell people the name of the podcast if they want to go and subscribe to it. Yeah, the Notorious B1G Recruiting Podcast with Alan True and myself. And yesterday we had... The nation's number one receiver, according to 24-7 Sports, from the start of the process to now, Julian Fleming, who Ohio State fans have taken great interest in. So you want to go to the Notorious B-I-G or B-1-G podcast? B-1-G, like Big Ten. Big 10. Yep. Yeah. You got it. And Alan, who's also a stud, uncovering the Midwest. A little bit longer, touches on more teams. If you want to expand your Big Ten knowledge, that's the place to go. So let's start with that. Julian Fleming had some interesting things to say about Ohio State. Please address, but also kind of give a sense of where he's at. Um, Sometimes it's difficult to get a prospect of that ilk to speak for that long, and you guys got him to do it. So why don't you share with us the details and and how it might affect the Buckeyes? Well, I think some of the biggest takeaways from that interview, one, Julian Fleming's best relationship is with Ohio State receivers coach Brian Hartline. He said the two not only talk almost every day, but they FaceTime almost every day. So that's where recruiting is is going. It's not texting, not calling, but you get that face-to-face contact. I'm sure when you're FaceTiming, Brian Hartline may be in the office, Ryan Day walks by. Brian Hartline may be at home, his family's around, and you really get to know, uh, the the kid really gets to know the coach and, and vice versa, Julian's at home or Julian's with his girlfriend or, or whatever, uh, he's with his buddies, you know, Brian Hartline's getting to know them. And, and so um, I, I think that that relationship is dynamic. Ohio State we is in the top two, in my opinion. We've been talking about that for weeks. Nothing's changed there. I really like Clemson's position. He just took an official visit to Alabama. Um, I'm not sure how much the needle moved there yet. I'm not saying it didn't. I just haven't really been able to dig in on that Alabama visit. He's going to take an official to Georgia um, as well. Uh, But Clemson and and Ohio State have done a great job. Uh, Julian Fleming's high school is – or Julian Fleming's town, he said, is in the middle of two cornfields. 
closest airport is 90 minutes. Penn State's only an hour away, so they have that built-in advantage. I still think that Penn State trails, uh, if they can show development at the wide receiver position this year, and Julian Fleming is still on the market, that will be big for Penn State. I think he loves the staff and, and, and all of that. Uh, but I think that the receiver del- development at places like Clemson and Ohio State are real advantageous. In addition to both those staffs just doing a great job recruiting him, um, he talked about when Dabo Sweeney came to the school, that was the the one that really uh, um, had a lot of hoopla around it, around his building with teachers going crazy. So Clemson and, and Dabo Sweeney, the new rock star of college football, um, setting off, setting off Julian Fleming school, but he's got official visits. I expect him to take one to Ohio State. I expect him to take one to Clemson. Um, I think that this it's winding down, but it's not close to being done. If that makes sense. Such an interesting situation here. You mentioned Dabo being the rock star. He's taking over for one Urban Meyer. That used to be what Herb had, and you have mentioned how Ryan Day has off to a great start, but there is something about the rock star quality that Urban had that they're going to have to find a way to make up or if that's even possible. The other thing I find interesting is, man, Brian Hartline has been an absolute gem. You know, it's interesting. Terrell Pryor's, you could make an argument, knuckleheadedness led to Urban Meyer getting the job here tangentially and you can make a more direct line to Zach Smith's knuckleheadedness and bringing Brian Hartline on. So i got to give the Buckeyes credit for turning those weird situations into positives. But I can't remember an assistant coach who has made such an impact so early for Ohio well, State. Zach, I would was also a, say Zach was a dynamic recruiter. Yeah, not like this. Um, and we, he, this guy's just getting started here. Also... Um, I think it's important to point out, just watch what Ohio State receivers do this year. I think Julian Fleming is going to be very interested in just how freshman Garrett Wilson thrives, and that will be another great selling point for FaceTime with those two throughout the uh, throughout the year. Let's get to another huge recruit. You provided an update on Paris Johnson. Everybody has. He's that important. The attention seems to have picked up, which I know he will like, but he's going on official visits throughout the South. If you were on the Georgia board, they think he's flipping this weekend. What's your vibe on Paris Johnson? He's uh, been to Georgia three times this spring. So if you're Ohio State, you're you're certainly taking note of that and recruiting the young man like he's uncommitted, which I think they are. Um, and he was just at Ohio State this past weekend. And I'm told that he's Ohio State's slated to get the last official visit in June. Look for LSU to get one in May, but timetables always change. There were a bunch of commitments this weekend where young men had other prospects or other visits scheduled uh, and, and ended up canceling them and committing. And so, I mean, three visits to Georgia this spring. I have not heard that he's going to flip, but I mean, hell, it's recruiting, you know? And, and so he's obviously interested in Georgia, but I've always been told Ohio State has the lead here. So we'll see. We'll see if that intel stacks up going into this Georgia visit. But, again, three visits this spring to Athens uh, for uh, Paris Johnson, the nation's number one offensive tackle per the 24-7 sports composite, the jewel of this Ohio State class. And um, I think that this past visit at Ohio State was one where his family really felt at home. 
And so I think it was a big visit for Ohio State for their spring game. Uh, but Paris will make sure he's making the right decision, and George is a school he's interested in, and they're going to go down and check it out again. You guys better be right about your rankings here because this guy is taking a lot of work. Another offensive lineman that we haven't talked about quite as much that uh, there were some rumors that the director of recruiting for 24-7 sports could get some crystal ball action fired up on him. That's Michael Carmody. Well, I wrote over the weekend I was close to flipping my crystal ball. I put it on foggy. It was on Penn State from back in the fall, a Pennsylvania prospect that uh, made multiple visits to see Penn State during the season. This was his second visit to Ohio State this spring, and Ohio State's really pushing for the top 100 recruit in the top 247 player rankings. He's an excellent multi-sport athlete. His older brother plays basketball at Notre Dame. His dad's a terrific high school basketball coach in their area. He's just a, a coach's kid. Uh, that's a competitor that's got some unique traits at the offensive line position from an upside perspective. And uh, Ohio State would love to have him in the class, and it's obviously very interested in Ohio State. And, uh, you know, there's a few others involved, Penn State, Virginia Tech. Um, but I'm, I'm, I like everything I'm hearing regarding Ohio State right now, Michael Carmody. Is Penn State losing its grip? I wouldn't say that. They have the number seven class in the country right now. It just landed no, I mean on comments over the weekend. Oh, um, I, I, I think so, yeah. I think that this recruitment, uh, I can't call it right now, and if I had to, I would pick Ohio State. That's something I like to hear. We talked briefly before the show about some high-profile transfers at Penn State. Um you don't think you think it's much ado about nothing. I know that on opposing message boards, people get fired up, but do you think this is more of a case of guys who aren't getting enough burn? I think that 99 times, well, maybe that's a, a little bit of an exaggeration, but 90% of the time, a young man is transferring from a school or is looking around from transferring or looking around to transfer because they're not happy with their playing time or happy with the playing time that they may get down the road. And sometimes kids put their names in the portal and they take them out. And, and, and so um, the, the players have that opportunity now to see if there's something better out there for them. And he's a graduate, so he's earned that right twofold to uh, go elsewhere if he sees a better situation. But I would venture to say if he was guaranteed to be QB1 next year, um, he would – play for the school where he's familiar with the offense than taking a chance elsewhere. And I'm not saying he's leaving. He's just in the portal. But um, how many times, how many times do you remember a player who played a lot at a power five program that decided to transfer um, because he wasn't happy? I mean, hell, even when they're not happy, if they're playing, it's still there. They're still thinking about the NFL. They're going to play. And so I think Penn state's recruited very well the last couple cycles and these young guys are really pushing the uh the uh, upper upperclassmen and and so you've seen guys go on the portal and, and transfer because the young talent that Penn State has brought in they had a top 10 class 2 years ago I had a stacked it sandwiched that with a couple top 15 classes and, and some guys that were really highly recruited so that's my take on it I don't think Penn State's going anywhere but I guess we'll see what they look like this fall and we'll finish with this. I don't think the transfer portal is going anywhere either. This is getting to me to be almost like in hockey where they had to add in a column in the scoring section. You're going to need to put transfers here 
you know, commits, decommits, transfers is going to have to be almost 33% of the gig here going forward. I don't see the uh, genie putting it back in the bottle when it comes to that. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Buck Cutters. All right, y'all. Take care. See you on the front row.